Now, it looks like you guys stand for the reading. You don't have to, but if, if he says you have to, I guess, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I don't make anybody stand, but, uh, but if you want to stand, you can stand for the reading. It is a quite a long reading. I just want to give you a warning on that. If you need to, if you need to sit down, feel free. Um, Genesis 15 and verse 7 says, And the Lord said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of the Ur of the Chaldees to give thee this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take thee an heifer of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each piece one against the other. But the birds he divided not, divided he not. And when the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abram drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and lo, an horror of great darkness fell upon him. And he said unto Abram, Know of a surety thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs, and shall serve them, and shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they serve will I judge, and afterwards shall they come out with great substance." So they're going to have a bad time, but when it's all over, they'll have more to come out than when they had when they went in. Aren't you glad that you might have a hard time, but sometimes when you look back, my goodness, if I hadn't went through this, I wouldn't have received all this in the middle. And now shalt go unto thy father in, thy fathers in peace. And thou shalt be buried, now if you're from the south, you say buried, in a good old age. In the fourth generation they shall come hither again, and the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. And it came to pass that when the sun went down, when it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. In the same day the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, Unto thy seed... Have I given this land from the river of Egypt unto the great river, the river Euphrates? I have a simple message today. Just possess your promise. Possess your promise. Why don't we all pray right now in Jesus' name? Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you glory and praise, Lord God, for what you're going to do in this house. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that your spirit, Lord, Lord God, anoint me, Lord, to speak thy word, Lord. Lord Jesus, let ministering spirits walk through the congregation today. Lord God, let them see, Lord, open eyes, open ears. Lord Jesus, let us hear what thus saith the word of the Lord unto us. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Praise the Lord. Ain't God good? Amen. Praise God. Boy, it feels tropical down here, or is that just the weather changing? Praise God. In our text today, God made a covenant with Abram that we would later know as Abraham after God changed his name. And changed who he was. God promised Abram's children a place of their own and a place they could enjoy and call their own. Everybody needs a place of their own. Everybody. Everybody needs a land of their own, a home of their own, a place of their own. And I'll go a little bit further. Everybody needs a relationship with God all their own. Praise God. And he said, I'm going to give them enough space to operate where they can worship me. So when God blesses you with something, it's not entirely, entirely 
uh, so you can buy a new car or a new house or to buy a fancy clothes. We went to a, uh, to a mall in, uh, in Orlando. You couldn't buy a bottle of water for less than $15 in that place. And they had these stores like called Gucci. And, uh, and I was like, man, we're in the wrong place, you know. We shop in places like Bell's Outlet and TJ Maxx. And we did find some of those late. We was here before we went to one of those places. But I was like, my God. Praise God. But the blessings God gives us is not just for us to possess our own, but so that we can have space and area to serve God. When God gives me extra finances, what am I going to do with them? I'm buy a new car, buy a new house, uh, try to improve myself in some way, or am I going to improve the kingdom of God? Hallelujah. Am I going to do something for the Lord? Praise God. We need to think about when God gives us something, Lord, you gave it to me, and I'm going to dedicate it back to you. If you give something back to God, he will continually give it back to you, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and you will not be able to contain the blessing that God gives you. I'm not just talking about dollars and cents. I'm talking about your time. Praise the Lord. It's not time isn't much of a cuss word in church as much as it is. Time is more of a more of a curse <laughs> when you're talking about work in church than money nowadays. But I'm trying to say this that God wants to give you something of your own. God doesn't want you to hang on someone else's relationship. Now I love Pastor Mian and I, I think you ought to follow him as long as he's following this. But, uh, but you, can't, you can't go to heaven on his relationship. You better have something of your own. You better have something that God has given you and not something God has blessed somebody else with. God, help me to have something of my own. And it may not necessarily resemble what somebody else has. It may not be quite the same, but bless God, if it's in accordance with the Scriptures, it doesn't matter if it's quite like what anybody else has. I don't talk like Brother Meehan does, thank God. <laughs> praise God. Not that I don't like the way he talks, praise God. But I can't talk the way he talks. I have to talk the way I talk. I have to think the way I think, praise God. But it's my own, but it's still blessed by God. Let God use you for what you're made for. Because if God made us all the same, that'd be the most boring world you'd ever seen in your life. Who'd want to hang out with a bunch of me's? <laughs> I tell you what, we'd be in trouble if there's a bunch of me's hanging around. Praise God. We'd be in trouble. But God wants to give you something of your own, wants to give you a place of your own, wants to give you a relationship of your own. Now, in Eastern culture, uh, it was a sign in a covenant that uh, in ancient Eastern culture, uh, that it was a sign and a covenant between two parties. When they made a covenant and a commitment with one another, they would divide an animal in two. You know, glad we don't have too many kids here tonight, today. Praise God. They divide that animal in two, and then the two parties that made the commitment one to another would walk through that, the blood and the guts and the terror and torment. And for a sign that... If I break my side of the covenant, this is what can happen to me. And so, and so it was with the other. They made a blood covenant, one with the other. So it was a covenant for it would be destruction if the covenant was not kept. But God told Abram to divide those animals but it's interesting to me that, the, that Abram didn't walk through those animals. Only a theophany, God manifesting himself as a, a burning furnace and, a, and a, uh, a shining lamp, a smoking furnace, excuse me, and a burning lamp walked through those animals. And see, God's the only one that walked through them. Abraham did not. So what I'm saying is this, is Abraham was not worthy 
to make a covenant with God. And you're not either. Nor am I. Now just follow me just for a minute. When God got a hold of my soul 25 years ago, whatever it was, I wasn't worth two cents. My, my life wasn't worth anything. I wasn't worth a plug nickel. And I was, I was, I was in a deficit. It, as far as worth, I was a millionaire in reverse, as far as worth. I was, you would go in debt putting me on it. So I couldn't make a covenant to God because all I had to offer Jesus Christ was, was sin. Praise God. All I had to offer God was all my filth and all my, all my nastiness I've been living my whole life. But oh, praise God. Jesus Christ on Calvary made a one-sided covenant with me. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. When he died on Calvary, he wasn't waiting on me to get my junk together. He said, I'm going to die for you while you're yet a sinner. Christ died for us. Hallelujah. Jesus died for you while you got all your problems, all your sin, all your trouble, all the things in your life that's going wrong. Praise God. Jesus died for you. Friend, it's a one-sided deal. Friend, Jesus paid the price for himself, and he paid the price for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. John 1 and 29, the next day John sees Jesus coming and saith, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. So when John saw him, he saw him, he said, He's the Lamb. He's the sacrifice. He's the one that's going to die. He's the one that's worthy. He's the one that's able So if you look at yourself and you're trying to get everything perfect and everything right, friend, you'll be spending forever and eternity waiting on getting yourself together because it will not happen, friend. But if you can trust in the blood and sacrifice of Jesus Christ, that's enough to pull you through life. That's enough to get you through every problem. That's enough to get you through every mistake. That's to get you through every quagmire in life. That's enough to get you through every fight with your wife. Praise God. Ain't that right, honey? (laughs) Oh, yeah, praise God. Aren't you glad for good wives? Yes, we shall clap. Amen. Amen. But Jesus Christ is the found is the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So before before anybody made a mistake at all, Jesus Christ was like, "Man, they're just going to mess this up anyway. <laughs> they're just going to they're just going to totally tear this whole plan up. I, I mean, it's perfection. It's it's glorious. It's serendipity. I mean, it's just great. And but they're just going to mess it all up. So I'm going to make sure that uh, I got a plan in place before I even create the world to save those poor slobs because I know they're going to mess it all up. Praise God. Because I think that's how the Lord feels about me when I do anything. (laughs) He's going to mess this all up, so I'm going to go ahead and have enough mercy and grace before we even start to get him through. Praise God. And I think the Lord works just that way because God gives you enough grace to get through life. Praise God. He gives you enough grace to get through. So whatever you're facing, God's got you enough grace already prepaid. Praise God. Remember those prepaid telephone cards? I burned up about 15,000 dating my wife. Praise God. Before she was my wife. I lived in Georgia. She lived in, uh, in Florida in the Panhandle. And, uh, and I was trying to get cheap. I had a cellular phone. And that's back when... It was free if it was from 9 until 6 a.m. 
And uh, but then we did, you know, we got tired of talk because she worked really early in the morning. So, so I I had some kind of plan where it could only be a local phone, but I could get a phone card. Man, I burnt I don't know how many phone cards. I went broke dating her. Praise God. I remember one time she had to Western Union me money to buy a, a used tire for me to go and visit her one time. Felt like a total sleaze bag that day. But I took the money and I bought the tire and I left and I went. Praise God. <laughs> it must be love. We're still here. Praise God. Y'all, y'all remember those days, don't you? <laughs> Praise God. Going, getting the... There must be something in that change jar, and there's like two pennies. Ah, well, there's no silver in that jar. Praise God. But he was the lamb slain before the foundation of the earth. He's got enough grace for you. It was a smoking furnace and a burning lamp. John answered, saying unto them, All I indeed baptize you with water. But one mightier than I cometh, whose latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose, he shall baptize you with fire, with the Holy Ghost, and with fire. Praise God. So the the burning furnace and the and the and the flaming that uh, that Abram saw was was typology or a prophecy toward the future covenant with us, which mean that God was going to give us the Holy Ghost and fire. And Hebrews 12 and 29 says, our God is a consuming fire. How many want the Lord to consume all the things that's wrong with you? Praise God. God, just consume it, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Take it away, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. I tell you, that's a wonderful thing about fire. What it doesn't consume, it purifies. What fire doesn't have the, the ability to destroy, it's pure when it comes out. Praise God. And that's what God does to us. The sin, the fire of the Holy Ghost is able to destroy. But the eternal things, it only purifies. Praise God. I'm ready for God to destroy the sin in my life and purify the eternal things in my life. God is always, 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 always going to keep His promises. You don't never keep yours. But he will keep his. I don't ever keep mine. Let me make it personal. Let me make point fingers at you wonderful people. I know all of you keep all your promises. Every one you've ever made in your whole life, right? Praise God. I don't keep none of mine. No, I keep some of them, yes. But we, don't, we're, we break many of them. But God does not break one, even though we break many. Hebrews 6 and 13 says, for when God made promise to Abraham because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. (laughs) The Lord said, I'm still not going to swear by you or by the earth or anything else because I'm the greatest thing there ever was. So if I'm going to swear by anything, I'm going to swear by me. Praise God. Because I know where the power comes from. It doesn't come from you. It doesn't come from your actions. It comes from myself. Praise the Lord. And that's one thing, if we ever get that under control, the power doesn't come from my righteousness. The power don't come from my wallet. The power don't come from my pedigree. The power comes from the one God of Israel. Hallelujah. That's where the power comes from. It doesn't come from me. Hallelujah. God's got the power. Hallelujah. Thank God. For all the promises of God in 2 Corinthians 1 and 20 are, yea, and in Him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. The New New Living Translation says it kind of like this. For all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes, and through Christ our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for His glory. Hebrews 6 and 18 says, For by two immutable things 
in which it was impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation, who have fled for the refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. If God gave us a promise, it's impossible for Him to have lied to us about it. It will come to pass, regardless of who we are or what we're doing. If God made a promise, it will come to pass. It's impossible for Him to lie. The promise that God made was preserved. Everybody say preserved. Praise God. I love peach preserves, but I can't eat them because they have sugar in them now. Praise God. Because I can't eat sugar anymore. Praise God. But I like to live so I don't eat sugar. (laughs) But the promise was preserved. Genesis 15 and 16. But in the fourth generation there shall come hither, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full. For God made a promise for you as an individual. God has also made many promises to this local congregation. So he made a promise. But you have to understand if God made a promise, he is able to preserve it uh, regardless of our circumstances. Most of the time, things are going along good. Oh, yeah, God's promises are coming to pass. It's just great. And then something terrible happens, uh, some, some big bump in the road, whatever that is for you personally or, or whatever. And uh, we realize that uh, things aren't going well, and we think that uh, what God's promised, we can just you know, kiss that goodbye. That just may not come to pass anymore. But, hey, God didn't lie, and God sits in eternity. So that means he sits from a position of the ending and looking back towards the beginning. So it's not like he didn't knew, know all these things were going to happen. Uh, we just, well, thank God y'all didn't have much of a hurricane here uh, recently, unfortunately for the folks on the west coast there in central Florida. But we had a terrible hurricane about ten, uh, excuse me, four years ago. Felt like it was ten years ago but then two minutes ago at the same time. But uh, terrible, terrible situation. And, uh, and I have, my heart bleeds for those people over there suffering uh, now because uh, we live through that destruction and that, uh, and that heartache. But uh, in that moment when you're, uh, it just feels like someone just ripped a, ripped a Band-Aid off of you 24 hours a day, I think, in your mind. That's the only way I can express it, I think. You look out, and your, your, your home is, is, is destroyed. Your, uh, uh, your, your belongings that was in the, uh, in the shed that flipped over 40 times, is, all those things are just all over the yard, and, and it's, just, it's just a complete mess. And, and you start, well, we'll start cleaning up, and you realize it takes an hour to clean up a section of ground about this big because there's so much debris. I mean, it's just unreal, and you just get depressed and down, like, oh, my God. But now, a couple years later, I can look back. Well, God saw us through, but in that moment, in that moment, you get tunnel vision. You're like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how this is going to work out. But when we get back there, we have to remember, if God promised it, I don't know how I'm going to get out of this mess I'm in. But God promised it. It's going to happen one way or the other. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So if he began something in you, Satan cannot destroy what God has preserved. No matter what he puts his nasty little claws on, he cannot destroy what God has preserved. If God has preserved something, has promised you something, he'll preserve it, and it's still sitting there, and you think it's sitting there waiting until everything works out. But God knew everything was going to happen in the first place, and he placed it there. 
waiting for you the entire time. You just didn't know what was going to happen in the middle like he did. Praise God. But thank God we start having to, when we grow up as Christians, we begin to have to walk by faith and not by sight. If God said it, it's still going to come to pass, no matter how bad it looks. The enemy stole away all of David's blessings, all of his, all of his wives, all of his children, all of the mighty men's uh, wives and children in uh, 1 Samuel 30. And, but God had preserved them. He stole them all away. And, uh, but the, uh, the enemy, the Amalekites, did not kill them. They just took them all captive. And the Lord told him in verse 8 of 30 of 1 Samuel, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and thou wilt without fail recover all. I'm telling us that if you feel like something something has gotten out of your grasp, that you feel like God has given you, just pursue after the Lord, and God is going to put those things back in your hands. It's God. It's God's good pleasure to give gifts to His children. We're not begging some far-off, mean-spirited deity that's, uh, that we have to beg and plead for. We're His children. He's our Father. And I can say, Father, 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 praise God. Abba, Father, Daddy, please help me. And He's going to come. It's, I don't have the Scripture in verse... And he said, said, if you being evil, knowing how to give good gifts to your children, if, you're, if your son asks for an egg, would you, give him a, uh, would you give him a serpent? He said, no, of course you wouldn't do that. You'd give him, if the child was hungry, you would feed that child. He said, so much more would your heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him. So if you have a need from God, you're not asking some some mean-spirited God up in heaven that wants to beat you over the head. No, he wants to give good gifts to his children. Praise the Lord. Of course, some people have the wrong idea about that too. They start singing, oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes Benz? No, get a job and buy your own. Praise the Lord. <laughs> but God can get you Mercedes Benz. You just have to make the payments. Praise God. But he, he made the promise. He preserved the promise. Now it's time for you to possess your promise. Genesis 13 and 14. And the Lord said unto Abram, after that Lot had separated from him, lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art northward and southward and eastward and westward, for all the land which thou seest to thee will I give it, and to thy seed forever, and I will make thy seed as the dust of the earth, so that if a man can number the dust of the earth, then shall thy seed also be numbered. Arise, walk through the land in the length of it and the breadth of it, for I will give it unto thee. So now God told Abram to walk around the land of his promise. Now, why did he tell him to do that? Now, if he gave it to him, you're like, oh, just, just, you know, uh, just go ahead and shoot me up a map there real quick, Lord. <laughs> give me an app on my phone real quick and... Uh, Show me where the land's at. No, he said, I want you to walk up and down it, uh, all up and down it, and I want you to uh, claim it as your own. Now, what, what's the whole point of that? Because the Lord wanted Abram to walk around that land as if he was already the owner. So, what you doing over here, Mr. Abraham? You're, sit, you're standing on my land, young man. That's why I'm over here. Praise God. So if God's given you, praise God. Now, let me tell you something. Now, God has given you salvation. Now, he wouldn't give it to you if he didn't want you to act like it was, wasn't yours. 
He didn't want, he wants you to act like, hey, God gave you salvation. Now, the salvation comes from the Lord. Now, don't get me wrong. You don't bring your own salvation. But if God gives you salvation, you need to walk in it yourself. We're not walking around scared to death. We're going to go to hell over every five minutes. We now, now if you're if you're doing something you ain't supposed to. Now, yeah, maybe, but, but, but if you're walking walking the best you can in the word of the Lord, you shouldn't be walking around afraid all the time. You said, "Holy God gave me salvation. This is my salvation, and I'm going to walk like I'm saved." Praise God. I'm going to walk like I'm an overcomer. I'm going to walk like Jesus Christ actually did forgive all of my sins. I'm going to act like he did give me the Holy Ghost. I'm going to act like he did give me the most powerful power source in all the world, his spirit. I'm going to act like I got it. I'm going to act like I'm somebody. I'm going to act like I'm the child of the king. It's not the will of God for you to act like what God's given you isn't even yours. If God gave it to you, you act like it's yours. Praise God. Don't let the devil trick you into thinking it's not yours. God gave it to you. Walk in it. Praise God. Oh, man, I'm getting wound up now. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. God, God, now, now, God did, in fact, call you to the city of Stuart. Just making sure, right? Okay. Now, if God called you to the city of Stuart, he wasn't going to call this man to pastor in the city of Stuart if he wasn't going to give the whole city to him. You get it? He wasn't going to call Abraham to leave and come to the promised land that he promised him if he wasn't going to give it to him in the first place. Now, when God called, called, God called our dear pastor to this city, he did it with the intention of giving the whole city to him. So, so I'm telling this whole church that this city, when he was, this place was called and said, hey, I want a place for my name. I want a place where they baptize in Jesus' name. I want a place where they believe in receiving the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. I want a place where they believe in holiness and righteousness and glory. Praise God. I want a place there. That means that God gave you the city. So stop acting like you're a nobody. Stop acting like you're... God gave you the city already. Hallelujah. Start acting like it's your city already, and you'll be surprised what God is going to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Start, start acting like you got something more than what you really have. No, hold it. Let me rephrase that. Start acting like you really do have what God said you have. Start acting like it. I know we, we purchased, we, the church, my church, purchased a bus. We got a, we got a grand slamming good deal. It, we bought, a, we bought a, a shuttle bus for $10,000. It was dirt cheap. It had 16,000 miles on it. It had, a, it had a few little problems here. It was a 2008. Hadn't hardly been driven. I, we bought it from a local, not a local pastor, but from a neighboring United Pentecostal Church pastor, so he gave us, they were going to sell it for $35,000. They said, but if you guys want it, we'll sell it to you for ten. I was like, cha-ching. <laughs> Sold. Well, I had to go to the board first. said, do you mind if we bought it? I said, yeah, let's get it, Pastor. Praise God. So we bought that bus, and, uh, and uh, at first, uh, the only ones that was on the insurance was me and my wife, and then we said, well, we got to change this pretty quick because we got a lot of stuff going on. We don't have time to run the bus and run, uh, and run everything and run the devils and run the angels and everything else and, and uh, everything we got to do. We got to, uh, you know, we got to uh, delegate that out to someone. Thank God we had a, a couple of uh, wonderful, uh, faithful gentlemen uh, we could delegate that, uh, that obligation to. And praise God, we didn't have hard nobody to start. But, you know, the thing's almost filled up. Praise God. Praise God. When everybody gets picked up that's picked up, we almost have capacity seating because we don't have nobody with a CDL yet praying, you know. But anyway, so you can only have, you can only have 15 passengers. So we're, we're almost up to the point where we're almost exceeding that. Praise God. So I'm saying this is we didn't have nothing to begin with. 
But we said, hey, God, we're going to step out and say, hey, God, if you gave us this city, if you promised revival in this city, if you promised revival in this church, we're going to buy this bus and bless God. You're going to, and it's still running today, praise God. It'll be running this afternoon at some point, picking up children to come into church, thank God. But, hey, if it only picked up one, it's worth it, praise God, because that's more than this world. But you start acting, start acting like God gave you this city. Stop acting like you're a nobody. You are somebody. This is where it's happening. This is where it's at. This is where everything's happening. Praise God. This is where everybody ought to be. Mark 11 and 22. Jesus answering and saith unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and thou shalt not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye may receive them, and ye shall have them. How does that, how do we apply that in real terms? We need to start praying and believing that God is going to come and do what we've desired for him to do in the will of God. I prayed for my dad. How, how much time do I got? I don't even know what time it is. I'm all right. I got an hour left. Y'all getting nervous out there now. But my, my dad, uh, Jeff Arnold, a few miles up the road, actually baptized him in the 70s. My, uh, my, my mother actually grew up in that area in uh, Lachaway and... Uh, area. Anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but anyway. So in the 70s, he was baptized there, but he never got the Holy Ghost. He would white-knuckle the pew, baby. I mean, but, you know, he wouldn't go. He'd get prayed for. He wouldn't get the Holy Ghost. wouldn't get the Holy Ghost. So anyway, in my, in my, uh, my mother and father didn't have the best marriage in the whole world. They were divorced and remarried and then uh, separated before she passed away. It was, it was crazy. But... Uh, but uh, after my mother passed away, I had such a burden for my dad because I didn't have a good relationship with my dad at all my entire life. I mean, I couldn't even remember up until that time after my mother passed away. I couldn't remember my dad actually saying, I love you. Now, he may have, but I don't remember. You know, y'all start crying. I'm just kidding. No, don't. But, uh, but, but I'm, I'm not trying to, to, to be, a, to be a, a melodramatic. I'm not. But I'm just trying to say I didn't have a great relationship with my dad. But then I began uh, to, uh, to reach out to him. One time uh, I, was, I was at my sister's house, and, and I was leaving, uh, visiting her in another place in Georgia from where, the, where I lived in Georgia, and I was waving by, and I could see that her and her kids waving by at me. Uh, this is before I got married. And, uh, and I just started crying. I said, Lord, touch my family. And the Lord just kind of rebuked me and said, well, you got to touch them too. And when he said that, I knew he was talking about my dad. And I said, well, if I, because I didn't, I just didn't have a relationship with, with him hardly at all. So I began about, I talked to him about every month, most of the time, just a quick conversation. And, uh, and I tried, on purpose, I would say, uh, uh, before he'd hung up, okay, Dad, I love you. And he would say, uh, uh, um, bye, you know. And uh, that went on, that rocked on for about six months or so. And then after a while, things started to break. And then he was like, after a while, he was like, uh, son. I was like, yeah, dad. He said, I love you. I love you too, son. And it was just, and it started there, you know. So, uh, so then, my, then my dad, actually, we actually, when we moved to the Panhandle from Georgia, uh, my dad, we went together and we bought a, a home together. And he, uh, he got the back bedroom back there, far away from us. Way far, far away in the back bedroom, back there somewhere in the recesses of the house back there. And, uh, and he lived with us for about seven years before he finally got remarried. 
And uh, so anyway, uh, and I had prayed for him, and I used to preach. This isn't his Bible here. He had a big old huge Thompson chain, but I used to always carry his Bible up to the pulpit with me when I'd preach because I said, God, you're going to fill my dad with the Holy Ghost because he was just, just, he just didn't live for God at all. And I always imagine, I just always imagine on this side of the platform somewhere, he would just might just start talking in tongues and get the Holy Ghost. And then, and wouldn't you know it, an evangelist came by the church, and he called my dad out. He said, sir, would you come out and step out here? And he came out. He said, lift your hands. God wants to give you the Holy Ghost tonight. And in just a moment, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And it was over here on this side of the platform. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. It took about a decade, but God is still faithful. I don't care how long it takes for your family to come in. God is still faithful. God is still faithful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't act like you're a second-grade citizen. Praise God. You're a child of the king. Hallelujah. 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 It might be a hard case, but Jesus deals in hard cases. It might be some difficult details, but Jesus deals in difficult details. The details in my life couldn't get more difficult, praise God, but God's able to deal with them. Hallelujah. Come on, God's got a promise for you today. It doesn't matter how insignificant you may imagine yourself or you may imagine this church to be. Insignificant, that is. Micah 5 and 2 says this, But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, Though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth have been from of old, from everlasting. Bethlehem was a small village, but the King of kings and the Lord of lords was born in the flesh there. Hallelujah, hallelujah. This is a small church, I'll grant it that. There was about 25 if I counted right here, praise God, this morning. But uh, this is a small, small group of individuals worshiping God. I've seen smaller, just want to let you know for a little, little attaboy, praise God. But I'm telling you this, it may seem small to you, but God can use something small. And if one soul gets filled with the Holy Ghost, baptized in Jesus' name... Hallelujah. That's worth more than this world. They're being filled with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may seem small, but out of you, Jesus Christ is being extolled out of this place. The truth of God's word is being preached and taught. Hallelujah. There's more greater things than what you understand happening in the spirit world. If you understood what it just meant for this church to exist and have a footprint in this city, what it did to the Satan's kingdom, just having a footprint in this city, what it did to violate what the ground that the devil had, praise God, I'm telling you, the Lord has given you the city. The Lord has given you the city. Praise God. Stop thinking small. Start thinking big. Start thinking about how you're going to get more chairs in here. Praise God. Start thinking about how you're going to get the finances to take care of all these new Sunday school kids you're going to have. Praise God. Start thinking about all these wonderful things that's going to be coming to pass. And if God gives you the problem, God will give you the solution. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God don't give you a situation he don't give you a solution for. Praise God. Praise God. God has got wonderful things for you, and God's got wonderful things for this church. But always remember, God is taking something small and doing something wonderful with it. But small is not always going to be the order of the day. Don't get me wrong. I know that you know, no one's dreaming of having a mega church here. Now, what you ought to be dreaming of is not a building, but souls. I've got an older building. It's paid off, baby, <laughs> many years ago. But uh, we just invested some more money to fix it up here recently. And uh, I was thinking, my goodness, you know, I, you know, I, I don't dream of, of, of building this big Ephesus. 
edifice or some big, huge, some big, huge, uh, uh, you know, crystal cathedral. I don't dream about that, that kind of thing. I just dream about presenting souls to the Lord. When I meet Jesus, when you meet Jesus someday, you can say, look, Lord, look, Lord, what I have. <laughs> look what I have, Lord, to offer. Look what I have. Look what I brought to you to bring. Praise God. I don't have, I've never had a lot of money. Hadn't had a lot of influence, don't got a lot of education, but oh God, if I can bring, if I can bring some souls, if I can bring some people that are lost, they're now found, Lord. That's that's what I want to do. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know why I'm gonna tell this story, I'm gonna tell it anyway. This little boy, we're still kind of dealing with him, but uh, I think he's I think he's twelve or thirteen, JP. He's 13, yeah. He just started coming. He just started riding the bus. His sister started coming too. And uh, I was, we have, a, uh, we have a hyphen class, and we have the children's church going on on Wednesday nights. So anyway, and I'm teaching. I'm teaching on Wednesday nights, and I've got the kids learning on Wednesday nights, whoever's doing something on Wednesday. And uh, anyway, uh, we've got about 5,000 people named Jonathan in my church. I mean, it's everybody's named Jonathan, and it's just crazy. And uh, and uh, <laughs> I had a real problem because, I ha- and I have one guy that's named Jonathan Irby and another one that's named Jonathan Irvine. And one of them texted me recently said, I'm sorry, I can't make it to church today. And and this guy was Irvine, and I thought he was Irby. And the Irby guy like does stuff on the platform so I was aggravated and I was having to redo the schedule and everything else and the Irby guy says hey how you doing pastor I'm like what's going on I thought you were working today he said I don't know what you're talking about man but I realized it was the same initials so I couldn't so I had to change the name on my phone to a different thing so anyway this boy named that we call JP my wife went to go pick him up and said uh said there's another boy coming there's another friend of John, the boy that invited him, his name is Jonathan. And I said, she said, Jonathan's got a friend, and, and mom's going to go pick him up, and I'm going to go with her. I said, okay. I said, I'll give you five bucks. His name's Jonathan. And wouldn't you believe his name's Jonathan? Yes. But he, said, but he said, you can call me JP. I said, that works perfect, JP, because that's going to be less confusing for us all, especially me, because I can't. I can't keep nothing straight. Much I can't keep my own name straight, much less anybody else's. And so I'm glad we're calling you JP. And uh, so anyway, the first night and uh, met him, great kid. And uh, the first night he he came in, and I was still having like at the end of the service, I had everybody coming up. We was doing prayer requests, or if anybody had a, wanted to be prayed for, special or something like that. And the kid just walks. Yeah, I guess they were already dismissed back there in the back. And the kid just walks slap up on the on the platform while I'm still doing my thing. And I'm like, I'm like, yes, Jesus, you know, and everything. He just walks up and just like, hey, you know, I'm like, well, hey there, JP, how you doing? And uh, he said, he said, can you baptize me? And I said, <laughs> I said, uh, I said, well, JP, uh, you're a minor, so I tell you what, uh, won't you go? And there's a there's a business card on that front table as you walk out. Go grab that. Tell your parents to give me a call. Tell me, and they can. As long as I get their permission, I'll be glad to baptize you, you know. And so, and I'll give you a little Bible study before. So uh, anyway, so and he did that, and his and his grandparent called me, and we hadn't baptized him yet. We will we will real soon. But anyway, I said I want you to come and have a Bible study when you come on Sunday. So he came early on a Sunday, and he came back, and uh, and I and I said uh, uh, I said uh, I, I set him down in my office, and I was gonna I gave him one of our little gift Bibles, and that had some of our doctrine in it, and all. And, uh, and I said, JP, why are you here? He said, I want to, I said, he said, I want to atone for all the sins I've committed in my life. And I said, uh, yeah, I just wanted to cry right there. I said, and he kind of talked a little bit funny. And, uh, and first, before he told me all that, he said, or maybe in the middle of that, he said, oh, by the way, I'm bipolar. And I, and I was like, well, we could all tell too, JP, but it's okay. It's okay that you're bipolar. But he said, he said, I want to atone for all the sins in my life. 
And I said, I said, JP, what if I told you that you could never atone for any sin that's in your life? And he just, he sat back and he, almost, he started to tear up. He said, then I think there wouldn't be much purpose of living then. And I said, well, hold on, JP. I said that to say this, you can't atone for your sins, but Jesus can. Jesus can. Praise God. Praise God. Little kid being raised by his grandmother ain't got, is not going to bring one dime into the, into the ministry. I wouldn't give a million dollars for one of those kids. I wouldn't give a million dollars. Why? Because that is the blessing of God coming true in our, in our church, in our fellowship. Praise God. And it makes me so happy to see some God doing something in a young person's life. Praise God. And I said that little story. I don't know even know why I told it other than to tell you God's working. And if God gave a promise to anybody, he's given the same promise to you. Every promise that God promised Abraham is still yours today. God gave it to you. God gave it to you. God gave it to that little boy, JP. This is a small church, but what's happening to the souls of men is huge. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the mission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So if God gave you a gift, it's yours. It's God's Holy Ghost, but he gave it as a gift to you. Praise God. God, help me to act like it's mine. (laughs) And maybe if I act like it's mine, I'll act a little bit better. Hallelujah, hallelujah. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. God's got a promise for this church. Why don't we stand up and lift our hands and love the Lord? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, we love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I don't know, do y'all come to the, at the altar? Praise God. Y'all want to come around the altar today? Praise God. I don't know how you end things, but we'll end it at the altar. Praise God.